Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his genes from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Big East Barroom Off-Season Edition number eight. This was not um, as many times in a row as we thought we were going to be doing, Ryan, huh? Yeah, it's been a little bit of a quiet off-season from us, but we're about a month away from the start of the season, and we are getting excited. We think you guys are probably getting excited as well, so we thought we would get started on our new season. Yeah, and college basketball off-season is a lot more exciting than it used to be. I mean, the fact that you at least have uh, the transfer portal, coaching changes and stuff like that. But, man, around the summer, it really slows down. Yeah, once the portal closes, um, you get about two months of silence coming out of the programs also, which makes sense because they're trying to practice and figure out what their season's going to look like, and they don't want the media to be involved. So you get about two months of dead silence, and, and now things are starting to ramp up on everybody's end. Yeah, and for anyone who follows a traditional school schedule, you know that in the summer, schools slow down. So I guess it's not a big um surprised that during the summer that these kids should be enjoying their time um with their families before the grind of the season so what we're gonna do our normal format 11 teams three minutes each gonna run through all of them talk about where we are what the biggest news and storylines are for each team and uh we'll see where we end up all right so we're gonna go by coaches who um are most likely to drink the most Okay. And the coach who is going to drink the most, so the coach who's going to drink the least, we just keep putting Coors Lights in front of him. Here's what I want you to picture, Ryan. Right. Let me spin you a tale. I want you to picture Joey Chestnut eating hot dogs, but we're doing that with beers to Big East coaches. And I want you to tell me who's who, tapping out first and who's <laughs> tapping out last. No, I want you to tell me who's at the end of a half hour who's had the most beers. Oh, you can't so puke either. We're talking pure speed. Oh, speed. Speed drinking. I'm going Greg McDermott, number one. Is it okay? Is it because he says dumb things when he's sober? So you went for him when he's <laughs> oh, like, dude, he's like six seven. Oh, he's not a small guy, and he's midwestern, so you know we can put him away. Yeah. Well, the person I'm going to go with number one, I'm not going to say right now, well, but I actually well, have inside information on that person. <laughs> All right. So I'm putting three minutes on the talk. We're going to start with the Creighton Blue Jays. Yeah. What do you want to talk about with Creighton? I mean, they're going to be a preseason top ten team. Yeah, Ryan Clockbender ranked number four in the Almanac's preseason players. July. Uh, You're telling me there's not four better players than Ryan Clockbender? I love Ryan Clockbender, but there's probably two better players in a Big East returning. Who are they, Ryan? Can you name them? I'm going just more and Tyler Kolick as my top two returners. And I think Trey Alexander might be better than Ryan Clockbender. No, I don't know. Trey Alexander is a great player. But Tyler Kolick is your reigning player of the year, and Justin Moore would have been the preseason player of the year favorite last year if he wasn't coming off an Achilles injury. So, um, Anyhow, we're supposed to be talking about Creighton. Ryan Cockburn, <laughs> Stephen Ashworth has uh, seemed to integrate into this team pretty well. Yeah, Trey had, Alexander did an interview with our guy Big East Buckets, and um, he actually had some really nice things to say about Ashworth. Um, you know, and then a few of these rankings, completely subjective, have had Ashworth as one of the better shooters in the country. Um, I'm always skeptical of a mid-major player coming to the Big East, but for every one who busts out, you have a Sule Boom who busts in. Boston, oh, tough. So it's been an interesting offseason for them. They lose Ryan Nemhard and Arthur Kaluma to the transfer portal. 
They bring in Stephen Ashworth. What would you grade the offseason as? Uh, you keep your three best players, in my opinion. Um, or two of your three best players, in my opinion. So I'm going to give – no, three best players. I think Baylor Shireman was better than Ryan Nemhart for that team last year. Okay, I don't hate it. Um, so I'd give it an A. When you enter in college basketball, you keep your three best players for a team that should have went to the Final Four. I mean, the cohesiveness will be there. Um, and you bring in Steven Ashworth, who by all accounts is a fantastic um, fit for that team, maybe more of a point guard for that team than Nemhard was. Um, and I think Kaluma's addition by subtraction. Sorry if you're listening. Kaluma. <laughs> but I, I agree. I think Ashworth plays right into McDermott's uh, style of play. So it could be just perfect. Not that they're, you know, they're happy to lose Nemhard, but the way that they managed to turn that around. Um, so what is your uh, prediction for them? Uh, Creighton should be fighting for the Big East title this year. They are one of those teams. Um, listen, like so many of these teams, it comes down to health. If Cockbrenner gets hurt, um, you know, they have Fred King and Trout back there to back him up. Or, you know, but if you lose someone like a Trey Alexander or anybody, and here's the thing, every college basketball team, if their best player gets hurt, they're going to be in trouble, right? But if Cockbrenner, Trey, or Shireman get hurt, you hope that you have the reinforcements behind them. Um I think Creighton could be fighting for a Final Four again. I mean, I think that should be the goal for in you know Nebraska this year that they are a Final Four team at least a second week weekend in the tournament. I will say that people in Nebraska are crazy about this kid Lawson, Jonathan Lawson. He's getting a ton of hype out of Nebraska. Uh, talk to some of the people in the program who say that he's got a really high ceiling there. So definitely somebody to look out for. Maybe not his freshman year, but going forward, he could be an impact player in the Big East for a while. All right, Ryan, do you want to go to the other? I'm going to pick mine now, my coach who could drink the most beers in 30 minutes, and I'm going to go with the Georgetown Hoyas and Mr. Ed Cooley, um, who had probably the weirdest offseason. I don't even know how we're going to fill three minutes talking about him because I have no clue what to think about this team. Yeah, and then the Cooker Cook leaves. You, you know, know be- how I feel about it. You can't just drop a cook of cookies in the first six seconds. I'm going to just eulogize him for the next three minutes now. Well, you had, they had the most interesting offseason to start the offseason, and then they had about two months of silence, and then a cook of cook leaves out of nowhere. They don't have a full roster. I think they have about nine guys on scholarship. You could look that up two, for me. But. Three, four, five. I mean, I don't know, eight, nine, ten. They have 13, 14 people listed, but I know some of them are walk-ons. Um. Yeah, I mean, they bring back, like, three players that we're very familiar with. Um, Jay Heath, uh, Ryan Matumbo, who, hope you're great, and Wayne Bristol. So, um, we're kind of trying to figure out what this team's going to be. I like Jay Heath. I mean, is that a take? Is that a – I mean, I mean, Epps is supposed to have a lot of talent. We'll watch a little bit of his tape at Illinois. He's, you know, a bigger guard. He's built pretty solidly, so that's what you get from him. They got the kid coming from North Carolina, Dontrez Styles. Styles, yep. He's supposed to be a crazy talent. He was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. Drew Fielder is coming in, decommitted from Providence to go to there. Yeah, um, Ro- Rowan Brumbaugh came from Texas Tech. He's a point guard. Masood came from Kansas State and was a good shooter for that yeah. good Kansas State team. Yeah, what did they went to the Final Four? I don't know. Lost FAU? Elite Eight lost FAU? Yeah. Either way, I mean, I think that this Georgetown team is the biggest unknown in the Big East this year. This team could finish in the top six. Um, or this team could finish 11th, and I don't know if I would know the difference. So realistically, if you're a Georgetown fan, what do you want? More than two conference wins. I mean, you're you're so – for them, they're looking at that Ed Cooley is there and that the foundation is laid. They're not looking at, I don't think, success off of this year. They want to be competitive. They don't want to be the laughing stock. They don't want to be two wins for um, 
easy wins for Creighton, UConn, and Marquette every year. They want to fight. Um, and we'll see. I just I have no idea what to expect. I'm really down on Ed Cooley. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of down on Georgetown. I get which is that a take too? Yeah, I think that you're right though that they don't need to be successful this year. Of course, that's kind of weird because then you look at St. John's and Rick Pitino has essentially rebuilt a roster that we're not talking about Rick Pitino this early in the podcast, Ryan. I'm just saying, if you look at the two biggest tires of the year, Ed Cooley and Rick Pitino, Rick Pitino's totally Kim English over Rick Pitino. Would you anyhow? (laughs) um, Ed Cooley has not had the same speed of turnaround as Rick Pitino has had on his team, but uh, Ed Cooley. What am I trying to say? You just completely... Sorry, I looked up Rick Pitino's age for Ryan to see on our computer because I get really upset about this. Um, Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, I have no idea what to expect from them where I at least know what to expect from Providence and St. John's. Um, I think Ed Cooley is probably a good X's and O's coach. I would, if I'm... What is the expression when you have an X? Like you get them as you got them or you lose them the way you got them. Like if I'm Georgetown and I'm looking at other P6 schools and we have a good year, I'm looking to see where Ed Cooley's eyes are this entire year. Wow, you hope that's not the case. I know what I wanted to say. They have the top-rated recruiting class in the Big East for 24 and 25. So if you're a Georgetown fan and you say, we're not an embarrassment this year, and then we have the best recruiting class coming in next year, like, you know, we're building. We're we're getting somewhere after 10 years of – Absolutely. But really bad 10 years. My my scary thing is that I'm not sure that Ed Cooley's willing to put in 10 years anywhere. I mean, he he said his dream job was Providence and then he left. So if you're willing to leave your dream job, you are willing to leave any job. Let's make that clear. Yeah, I think that's always true. But Georgetown is one of the top 15, 20 brands in college basketball and Providence just never was. And if you but if you rebuild Georgetown, you are going to be looked at by the really high P5 schools. Yeah, but th- we're talking there's 10 schools that can poach from Georgetown. Oh, I disagree. If, if 40 freaking Kansas can... State wants to poach them with P5 money in the NIL, I think they can poach them. I mean, well, I just think that's what the landscape is right now. One and of the fun things about the Big East is because it's all private schools, we don't know how much most of these coaches get paid. Yeah, Dan Hurley is the only one whose uh, salary is public knowledge because he coaches at the only public school. I bet hot take Ed Coley makes more than us. I don't know. It seems too hot for me. Public school teacher coming in hot. All right, our next top guy in terms of drinking. You know, I'm going to go no, you're not. with Ed Cooley's counterpart here, Kim English, professional athlete, See young you. man. I think you can put him away. I think Kim English is sober at the end of this. Like, he is like, I'm just drinking a lot, and he's, like, acting totally fine. He's like, this is what I did, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure. I'll put three minutes on the clock. And one of the more interesting things to come out of Providence in the last couple of weeks is Hall of Fame tight end Rob Gronkowski. Visited. Is working out with the team. Other things to come out, Alan Breed, um, all charges were dropped against him, which I have no idea how to feel about that. I just thought I would say it, so we do not have to have a conversation about that. Yeah, I mean... Ho- Hope everyone's okay. Yeah, where we weren't there, but... <laughs> yeah. um, cool. Um, anyway, so I I want to go on the record to say I am extremely bullish on Providence this year, which is everything against my UConn Husky fandom. I think Providence, like Creighton, anytime you return your two best players on a team that went to the tournament, you are way ahead of everybody else. Not one other team in the Big East other than Marquette and Creighton can say they return their two best players. I mean, that's factually correct. Factually correct? Factually correct. UConn can't even say that, and UConn is considered a top five team. Yeah, no, I understand your point. I'm, you know, you can't say anything bad about Carter and Hopkins, right? They both have the potential to be all... I can say some bad things about them, They both have potential to be all Big East first team. 
it's about the pieces that you're bringing around him because you did lose Jared Bynum, you did lose Ed Croswell, you did lose Noah Locke. Losing Ed Croswell is a maybe the heart and soul of that team. Um, Devin Carter, I expect to step up and be that heart and soul of that team. You could see some of his leadership qualities last year. Um, Ryan, uh, how do you feel about Jaden Pierre? I have – listen, their point guard play is going to be vital. Jaden Pierre hasn't shown the ability to shoot the ball at a high rate, and when you're playing him next to Devin Carter, who also doesn't shoot the ball well from outside, you're really giving defenses a gift in the Big East. Now, I could be completely wrong, and Pierre could come out there and shoot well enough that the defenses have to respect him, and, you know, they won't have to worry about it. But just from what we've seen, when you your first two guards on your team can't shoot very well – it is going to make the rest of the offense have to work a lot harder. Hopkins isn't going to get the space he needs. Uh, Duro is not going to get the space he needs because you don't have to respect him. I've heard a lot of really good things about Adoro coming out of practice. They are from Jeff Goodman, so take that with so many grains of salt. Um, but I think the only thing I would say is, yes, when two lead guards are not the best shooters, you might have a little bit of a hard time. But not everybody has an NBA player playing the three or four. Um, like Bryce Hopkins. So that's where this team's a little bit different. I understand spacing wise, but Bryce Hopkins, it's not going to really matter for spacing purposes for him. Um, and Bryce Hopkins is an okay shooter. I just think Bryce Hopkins can be an all American this year. Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to bet against a kid like that, especially when he led that team to, you know, a uh, playoff opportunity last year with everything that was going on around his head coach. I think that's fair. I'm really interested to see Bryce Hopkins and Kim English's offense. English talks about wanting to shoot a lot of threes and play fast. Now, if you pay attention, you notice pretty much every coach in the offseason says they want to play fast. Yes. And then, you know, most of them don't end up playing fast. So who knows with English, but, you know, with his NBA background, you know, the, the style of play there is obviously much quicker than the average style of play in college. So I'm interested to see what he's able to do with Hopkins in a more NBA scheme. Uh, Providence top five team in the Big East preseason? Because I have them at five. I, yeah, I'm right there, five or six. And I, yeah, UConn, Creighton, Marquette, clearly a class. And then I think Providence and St. John's are in the same category. And Z- well, who do I don't you have? have no idea what to do with Xavier. Xavier might as well be Georgetown, other than I trust their head coach and I love Desmond Claude. So is, are we going Sean Miller as the next? Uh... Yeah, Sean Miller's an angry drunk. I want to make that clear. Like you look at Sean Miller and he's, I'm not going to make any accusations, but that man is like, like he's destroyed property when he's drunk. Like he, he's 100% knocked over a fence. Not with his car or anything. He has ripped something up when he's been drunk. Uh, you know, if you just don't take messed up shots, you don't have to worry don't about take it. fucked so, up shots. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've had just a, uh, as bad of an offseason as you could, losing Fremantle and Hunter to, well, Hunter to a really scary medical situation yeah. that is, you know, much bigger than basketball. And then Fremantle to Nope, his heart is actually smaller than ba- basketball. You're an ass. <laughs> And Fremantle, who is a terrible situation, was playing the best basketball of his career before hurting his foot last year. And um, I guess they messed up the surgery. Yeah, they did. Or it requires a second one. Um, Sometimes that happens. Like Nick Chubb just had his leg done. And they said the first surgery was a success. But the second, still, you needed a second surgery. I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. But I would guess they messed it up because Fremantle was practicing. And then they was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, just about as you know, and then they lose Sule, Kunkel, and um, Jack Nunji. Jack Nunji. And Colby Jones. But they bring their own Nunji in. So, I mean, you got to talk about Bo, obviously. Bob. Bob. Bob Nunji. He goes by Bo sometimes. No, he doesn't. Um, let's talk about their players they do have. Davion McKnight, Bucket. 
he's going to be a problem in the Big East this year. I think he might win Newcomer of the Year. Um, Quincy Oliveri, partly because he's one of the nicest guys we've ever interviewed in our lives. Um, Bucket. All I've heard is that he is an incredibly good shooter. Desmond Claude, I was under the impression coming into the offseason, he was going to be their starting point guard. He kind of backed up Sule last year. They're saying they're going to play him at the three. Um, Is he a good enough shooter to play the three? Is he a good enough athlete? We'll see this year. Then they bring in that massive dude from um, Europe. So, I don't know. I I want Xavier to be good. I trust Sean Miller. I think it's better for the Big East when Xavier is good. Uh, But kind of like Georgetown, I'm kind of looking around going, well, they have Jay Heath, they have Desmond Claude, and then hopefully everyone else is good. But I just trust Sean Miller more than Ed Cooley. Yeah, I think Desmond Claude, he really does have shades of Colby Jones in the fact that Colby Jones played the three but could still take the ball up, especially in transition, push, uh, you go to coast to coast. So I think Desmond Claude, really at any position you play him, he's such a benefit because you have multiple ball handlers on the court. McKnight was a true lead guard at Western Kentucky last year. Mm-hmm. And Oliveri was more of an off-ball guard at Rice. But I'm sure he's comfortable with the ball in his hands in spurts. So then you got three ball handlers. It's really hard to play defense against guys like that. They also have the kid Logan Duncombe coming over from Indiana last year. He didn't get much run, but he should be interesting. How would you say this guy's name? Gittis Nemeleska? That's exactly how I would have said it. How is he six foot seven and 203 pounds? That is like the wow. That's really small. Right. Um, we're out of time. Tyler, and then talking about Serbia and uh, I'm the, looking at their team, Ryan. I at least am doing research. Lazar Djokovic. Are you even familiar with him? Um, I'm excited to say read Ducharm mainly because his sister went to UConn, and I know the Ducharm name. But um, and I've heard good things about uh, Swain too. So hopefully Xavier stay healthy. And- Trey Green's one of the top. Let's give him a shout-out if we're going to go through their... Let's go through their whole roster and talk about what we like about them and what we don't. Trey Green, another on-ball guard, six foot, one of the top incoming recruits for the Big East. I would have liked if he smiled for his picture. All right, now we'll do Desmond Clark. Somebody DM him. (laughs) All right, right, Who uh, next person who can drink the most, and he has to drink the most, unfortunately, is Tony Stubblefield um, of the DePaul basketball. And do you want to talk three minutes of DePaul basketball? Man, I... I want them to be good so badly, but man, they are having a rough, they had a weird off season too. They just saw Sion Cruz, yeah. um, who was a four-star recruit, I believe. And I believe went to a Juco. Yeah. Is that right? Like what's like, what's going on? <laughs> like I'm excited for Caleb Murphy. I thought we saw in flashes last year. I will watch Deshaun Nelson. Like it is my job. Deshaun Nelson is my guy. I, I think he's one of the most exciting players in the league. So no matter how bad DePaul might be, it's worth watching just to see Deshaun Nelson throw down some ridiculous dunks and then hit a couple threes and just uh, make a highlight show by himself. And um, then you have Jalen Terry, who is a pretty good, you know, he's going to be an okay, um, what's it called, uh, point guard in the Big East. Like, he's been, you know, pretty decent. He's a pretty steady hand. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking for things that I, I like about them. I don't know what else to what else to say about them. This has got to be the most unknown team. I know we said that about Georgetown, but – at least you know Ed Cooley, right? So you know what his principles are. Tony Stubblefield's never had a team that was halfway decent. We don't really know what a team that plays to Tony Stubblefield's standards looks like. Well, right? if they are playing to their standards, we have a different problem. Well, he won't have his job next year if they're playing to his standards. Um, well, if the last few years are the way that it's going to go this year. And you just want to know, are they going to play defense? Yeah. Because the offense hasn't been a problem the last couple of years. 
they've had really terrific um, offensive talents. What's his name? Just got a Moja or Javon. Javon Johnson got a contract with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he had a two-way contract. I'm not sure if it was renewed or not. Hard to keep up with that stuff in the offseason, too. Well, he just would have got it this summer. Yeah. So. Um, this is the one that I've heard a lot about. Mac e- Etienne. Etienne. A four-star recruit coming out of um, high school. You know, he was the 42nd best recruit in the country. You know, he went to UCLA, and I think he had numerous uh, knee injuries. And then he decided to, you know, leave. This is the type of player that DePaul should be investing their time in. They are investing their time in. Hopefully that DePaul is out of the basement because, man, it's – if Chicago could get a team going like that, it'd be great. But I just don't see how they can – I don't think they can avoid being in last place in the Big East this year. That was my question. What's your prediction? They can't – I unless Georgetown, like, is just cursed and fully Georgetown's again, I don't think DePaul can avoid it. I think they're going to be in last place. I think they're going to lose almost every conference game. Um, they might be Butler once, and they might be Georgetown once. Yeah, I think, you know, the same situation as last year. You know, Xavier came into Chicago, and they lost a game. They, you yeah. Know, they, had, they didn't really get up for it. I don't think they go winless because it's really hard to go winless. Um, more credit to Patrick Ewing for pulling that off two years ago. <laughs> But, and then kept his job for another year. Yeah. Impressive. Like when you're a living legend of a program. You, but how many jobs do you just not have to be good at to keep it? Like that's that's incredible to me. Well, he's gone now. Yeah. All right. That's uh that's our DePaul time. Ah, oh, darn it. Three more minutes. Three more minutes. The people are asking for it. The, the coach is gonna drink the next most. How about Rick Patino? Okay, because yeah. that man has practice. Ryan. Ryan. I'm going to ask you politely one last time that we're not going to talk about Rick Pitino. We're going to talk three minutes of Rick Pitino because some of us believe in Slick Rick. Put three minutes on the board. And let's talk about these St. John Johnnies who just got a waiver for Dennis Jenkins. Did you see that? Congratulations, Dennis Jenkins. You get to play for Rick Pitino. Well, he played for him last year. so Congratulations. You get to play for Rick Pitino. What's wrong with Rick Pitino? Right. I can't do this. I need more longer than three minutes. He's 71 years old. He's 71 years old. Let me... Do you want me to find a list of people who didn't make it to 71 years old? And we're saying Rick Patino is all of a sudden going to... Didn't Dusty Baker win a World Series with the Astros when he was like 70? That was professional basketball. Baseball. I, listen, think. baseball, sorry. I am just so out on Patino, and everybody who's listened to this knows it. And St. John's, you can come from my neck on Twitter, at Big East Barroom. Hit the follow button first. Um, but I just don't believe in Slick Rick. Um, but I do believe in their players. And that's where I'm kind of like, they could be a top 14 to me. Because I think Jordan Dingle... Second in the league or NCAA one NCAA basketball last year in scoring. Joel Soriano, absolute monster. I believe in Naeem Aline in terms of his ability to be a contributor to that team. I believe in Dennis Jenkins as to be a contributor to that team. I believe in Chris Ledlum. I just don't believe that they are all of a sudden a top three team in the Big East. I think they are going to be right on the bubble for um for St. John's. Well, you, you can't question their talent, right? Because Jordan Dingle and Joel Soriano were the two of the most talented players in the country last year, let alone the Big East. Uh, Dennis Jenkins went to the NCAA tournament as a starting point guard, was all conference in his league. RJ Lewis was really nice over in Oregon State, I believe. Or maybe that was Glenn Taylor who played for Oregon State. Um, but they got a ton of talent on the team. It is about where RJ Lewis played for UMass. Okay. Oh, he hit the game winner against Rutgers a couple years ago, I think. Sure. It is, the question is, can Rick Pitino bring all these transfers together in order to make a cohesive team in the time, in the short season that is college basketball? 
It's something Patino's never done, right? The transfer portal's new for him too. So it is a new challenge. But, I mean, a lot of people have lost a lot of money betting against Slick Rick over the course of his career. This guy has two national championships. Correct me if I'm wrong. One One. national championship. No, because 2013, nobody won the national championship. Louisville won the national championship. No, it's called Vacated. And I don't think – did he coach Vacated for a little bit? Providence. He took Providence to the Final Four. He took Kentucky to a national championship. He took Louisville to a national championship. He's won everywhere he's gone. We've seen teams that be unable to win when they have a ton of transfers that have a ton of talent. Look at – listen, you can say, well, it's DePaul, it's Georgetown. Those teams, Amoja Gibson, Javon Johnson, Deshaun Nelson last year, they should have been a little bit better than they were. Georgetown brought in a cook-a-cook. Um, they had Primo Spears. They had different players. They couldn't win. Yes, there are complete flip sides. You can look at Xavier. They had Sule Boom come in. But that was really, like, their main transfer that year. Like, they didn't have – you know, there's just not a lot of teams that have one player come back and are great the next year. You need cohesiveness in college basketball. And I love Joel Soriano. I think he could average a double-double this year. Just not sure that having one player is going to work. Tyler, right now, on the record, does St. John's make the NCAA tournament? No, because I, then I look great. And you know what? If they do, I get to enjoy watching another Big, T- Big East team in the tournament. Remember that St. John's fans when they make the tournament, make sure to come after him. I was a slick Rick believer the whole slick time. Slick Slick Rick. Who you got next, huh? Uh the next coach that can drink the most, and I think it's probably because he's a little crazy. I'm gonna go with the national champions. I'm gonna go with Dan Hurley, who is just gonna be pounding drinks while having full on conversations. Yeah, objectively taking Rick Pitino before Dan Hurley was a mistake yeah, on my Rick part. Rick Pitino will die after two beers. Yeah, Dan Hurley's like forty something. He's definitely I think he there. just turned fifty, but yes. Um so that's my bad. I don't stick by that. Um UConn, the only thing interesting to happen in Yukon land since we last recorded is Donovan Klingon did um strain his foot. They're saying he's gonna miss a month. If you take that at face value, a month is not a big time. He will be back for the start of the season. If you remember that he's seven foot two and he hurt his foot, and you hear horror stories like Zach Fremantle and other players who have hurt their foot, you can get concerned. It depends on what side of the ledge you fall on. I'm going to fall on the side that Klingon's back in a month, and it's just very precautionary. Yeah, but don't forget what missing a preseason can do. I mean, look at Joe Burrow if you're an NFL fan, and he's still struggling. Look at Andre Jackson last year. Won a national championship. Andre Jackson missed the preseason? He, he didn't come back until the PK-80. He broke his hand. Oh, that's right. I did forget that. Wow. Yeah. God, time flies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. It can go either way. But there are plenty of athletes who miss a preseason and then they're not quite right when they come back. Absolutely. I'm not betting against Donovan Klingon. I'm just uh, playing devil's advocate. And this is the time. If you get hurt, you should sit for a month. Why the hell would you get out there and push it? They, like, this could be one of those injuries where, like, if it was a tournament, Klingon would be like, oh, I'd be out there tomorrow. We have no idea. Like, it's hard to get information on college kids' um, injuries. But I am very high on UConn, obviously, because I am a UConn fan. Um, but also because you run back three of the best six players from a national championship squad with Carabin, Klingon, and Newton, um, adding Cam Spencer at the two, and then adding a guy who's projected to get picked like at seventh or eighth in the draft in Stefan Castle. I think Spencer will play the three. Um the Castle and Newton are your starting one and two, probably trading off point guard duties. And yes, then and Spencer. then Spencer Carabin Klingon. Right. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I mean, I think Samson Johnson will be interesting. Hassan Diara, they have, you know, these guys coming off the bench. I mean, they're going to miss players like Joey Calcaterra. We're going to see those younger kids where we didn't see a lot of freshmen play last year um, off the bench from them. You know, we didn't see – we saw Carabin and Klingon really in the – be the only two freshmen. This year we're going to probably see – 
three or four freshmen playing. Yeah, I mean, they have a wild amount of talent coming off that bench, especially freshmen. This kid, Solomon Ball, I got to go to the open practice for UConn a couple months ago. Solomon Ball, like, you couldn't take your eyes off him. He's an electric athlete. An attractive young man, huh? Gets us, you know, plays above the rim, hustles up and down the court. Of course, Hurley's not going to accept anything less, even in an open practice. But Solomon Ball on another team would be talking about as an immediate impact freshman, but because there's no open spot for him. Well, I believe Solomon Ball was the second highest um, recruit in the Big East this year after Stefan Castle. I believe it's Castle's like three or four in the country, depending on what you look at. And I believe um, Ball was like th- – it was like Ball and then Garway right after. Yeah, Ball was right on the cusp of a five-star recruit. He was one of the top-rated four-star recruits in the country. Um, All right, Ryan, which coach is drinking the most out of the last four? That's a great question. Thad, Neptune, Shaka, or? No, give me Shaheen because it's going to be the same. I got the same principle here as I had on Kim English. He's very recently a professional athlete. Young. Yeah. He's, he's young. He's tallish. Don't be short in them time. Excuse I see, me. I see started that timer. I did start a little early. Anyhow, that's why I'm going with Shaheen Holloway. So let's put three minutes on the clock. We'll talk about some Seton Hall Pirates. Ryan, you want to know what's recently happened to me? I am now a um, Seton Hall believer. No. Yeah. The whole time. You can't believe it, huh? Um, I, because if I'm going to talk a lot about cohesiveness, look at the top three names on their um, projected roster next year. Almir Dawes. Maybe I don't always agree with the way he plays basketball, but had a really nice season last year, right? I believe he shot one of the best percentages from three while that was like his thing. It was he never passed the eye test though. You'd swear yeah. he he would he wasn't making enough shots. Dribble with his head down, boom, shoot, and then go in. Banks home threes, whatever. Kadari Richmond passes every eye test in the world, even though he didn't have a great season last year, just because his defensive presence, he's so long, his ability to get to the rim. I mean, we've seen it. Um, where he scored 24 straight points against UConn. And then a player that I'm really bullish on and have been for years, I saw Dylan Adeyawusu be a good player last year in the Big East. I love the way that he plays defense. He actually shot the ball a little bit better last year, um, and he could get to the rim. So if I'm going to say that cohesiveness matters, I've seen their three guards do something in the Big East. And I think the most important piece that you're looking at is Kadari Richmond, who really does have the potential to be an all-Big East first-teamer. I read a great piece by Jerry Carino. Who you can't covers, read. I was read a great piece by my beautiful girlfriend, Jerry Carino, who covers Seton Hall Pirates. Um, and this is something I forgot. Kadari didn't have an offseason last year. He was injured. So Holloway said that they worked a lot on um, Kari Richmond's shooting motion this offseason, which was nice because he hasn't had an offseason in the past couple years. And that's obviously something Kadari struggled with is just finding consistency in his form and mechanics on shooting. So we'll see. We'll see if it makes a difference. I'm not one to bet against Shaheen Holloway. He's made his living off of getting the most out of, uh, you know, not the most talented groups. Yeah, and the questions will be in the backcourt, right? They're going to have Elijah, Elijah Hutchinson's Everett, who is from Austin P. Pay. Yeah. Um, who averaged 11 and a half and five last year. Then they have Jaden. Oh, how do you spell that Bediaco. one? Bediaco. Bediaco. That's going to be, a, that's one of my favorite names who averaged six and five last year um, for a Santa Clara team. So we're going to see what the bigs have. Um, you know, that's where they struggled last year too. Tyrese Samuel should not have been playing the five all year and he was playing the five. Um, but I, I think guard play wins a lot in the big East. Um, and I think that, 
you know, that could be, that could separate them physical big guards and some pretty, and you know, some decent shooting from them. Yeah. I want to see it from these front court uh, players that are transferring up by such a significant degree, which is where most of my doubts come in. I know that apparently but you love St. John's, but you're a senior because you they John's. have Joel Soriano. Yes, they have. The, okay. They have Kadari Richmond. Joel Soriano was robbed of all Big East first team last year. He was one of the best players in the country. In the country? country. Uh, I really like Joel Soriano. I have nothing against Joel Soriano. I just don't like – I thought last year with Joel Soriano and Pasha Alexander, they should have been a lot better. And then they had Carbello, and then they had Dylan Adeyawusu, and they had a ton of talent last year. Well, talk year. about addition by subtraction. You, uh... Don't don't talk about Andre Carbello in a negative way on this podcast. That is – all right, Rye? Um, it's your pick. All right, so I'm down to three. Um, unfortunately for, I'm just gonna go with the guy who's done it the longest. Um, and that's Thad Mata. And I bet Thad Mata, Thad Mata, 100% gets so flushed when he drinks, like his face probably turns so red. Can you picture that? Can you picture it? Like, look at this face, like that I'm showing podcast only people, but. Look at that. He is 100% flushed as hell when he drinks. This- Don't start Butler time early. <laughs> Are you kidding me? God. Anyhow, the Butler Bulldogs, three minutes on the clock. Uh, talk about turnover. What are they returning to, guys, from last year's team? Um, the center there. Help me out. Um, big white kid who can shoot. Um, Connor Turnbull. And, and the guy in front of him. Uh, sure. But anyway, they have also um, – but they bring in some players who have done it at high levels. So that's why I feel higher on Butler than DePaul and Georgetown. Jalen Thomas was the name I was looking for. Oh, yeah. Jalen Thomas did play pretty well last year when their all their big men got hurt. Yeah, they got a lot. I mean, you're looking at talent up and down the board. Pierre Brooks was one of the top recruits of his year two years ago now, mm-hmm. I think. Tosh Alexander is a, one of the defensive players of the years in the Big East a few years ago. DJ Davis was very nice out on his team. I mean, Jamil, Jamal... I don't know how to say Telford's name. Sorry, Telford. Um, but at Northeastern last year, hard, always hard to know, but averaged 16-4-2. and two. Um, I've heard really good things about him. But the guy that – I mean, maybe it's just because Butler Guru is always in our ear. In a good way. Butler Guru, you can live there. But DJ Davis and, you know, coming from the Big West and UC Irvine, um, 15 points a game and shot 40% from three last year. I mean, those are big boy numbers. Yeah, if that transfers to the Big East, that is such a boon for this team. If you have a guy that, I mean, it's just you have to guard him as soon as he crosses half court. We'll see if it transfers. I'm not betting against him. I don't know him. He already did transfer to Butler. We'll see if those numbers transfer to the Big East. But, um, you know, obviously there's a ton of upside there. Also, you get Finley Bizjack, who's – Finley, our one, guy. One of the top-rated incoming freshmen, four-star. What are you looking at for this year? What do you expect if you're a Butler fan? Uh, I'm hoping that the potential that these guys had when they came out of high school, like Pierre Brooks and Jamal um, Telfer, even Aposh Alexander, who was, you know, I hope that they regain their form. I'm hoping for best-case scenario. Maybe I'm bullish on Butler, too. I'm thinking best-case scenario, you're knocking on the door of a tournament. I mean, if Posh Alexander – plays really good defense and DJ Davis and Pierre Brooks and uh, Telford can score as much as you hope that they can. I think, you know, I'm big doubter of Thad Mata. I think Thad is bad to be clear, but um, I think that this team could knock on the door of a tournament team. And I've said it since day one, when you bring in Posh Alexander, you bring in an identity. They have an identity to this team. They're going to work harder than most players, um, most teams. Um, 
So I'm very high on them. Yeah, this is a team I'm really excited to watch. I don't know if they'll all come together for them. Like we were talking about, it's all about whether or not they can become a cohesive team in a very short offseason and season. But they're going to play hard. Like you mentioned, Pasha Alexander won't accept anything less. Finley had a great quote when we talked to him. He said Pasha's telling him every day that he's not good enough for the Big East yet. I mean, that's a bulldog attitude right there. And so they should be fun no matter where it ends up. And I think that's something Butler fans should look forward to because it hasn't been true for the last few years. Butler's been not fun to watch play basketball. I don't mean that in a mean way. Actually, I do. I'm sorry. They haven't been fun to watch play basketball at all. Especially last year was just brutal. So let's go to – you have two players. I mean, it's very obvious who's the one who's going to drink the least in the Big East. So you just – It's got to be Kyle Neptune next. Yes, because Shaka has to drink the least in the Big East. I mean, he's still in uh, basketball shape, Shaka. Um, so you want to put three on the clock? We're talking a little Villanova you wild can start. Right, Villanova. Are they competing for a national championship again? Are we back to that Villanova team? Are we giving that to Kyle Neptune? Yeah, if this was a Jay Wright team, right, we'd say national champion contender. Yeah. We're talking top 10 preseason. With this amount of talent on the team and in a Hall of Fame coach, yeah. But the big, the biggest unknown on this team is the coach. Am I wrong? Oh, I completely agree with that. But – I think if Colin Gillespie is on this team, we'd be like, oh, well, they have a coach on the floor. People need to put more respect on Justin Moore's name. They have a coach on the floor. This guy has gone to a Final Four. This guy has been an all-conference player. This guy could be an All-American. Justin Moore being on this team and healthy, I think almost outweighs any concerns I have about um, Kyle Neptune. And let's be clear, he'd be in the NBA today if it weren't for the fact that he ruptured his Achilles in the Final Four, given everything he had for his team. So... It's a blessing in some ways for Villanova to still have him because he's got NBA um, talent all over him. Yeah, and I mean, Tyler Burton last year was a flat-out star, um, and he made a lot of threes, you know, last year, and Hakeem Hart is a really good player. I mean, this team, just like everywhere you look, um, TJ Bamba is going to have probably – they haven't projected to sit here. I think Justin Moore will play the point guard. Um, but, I mean, this team is absolutely loaded – um, you know, the one spot that you worry about is point guard play because Justin Moore isn't a true, you know, traditional point guard, in my opinion. I think he's more of a two, uh, you know, that would be his ideal spot. But if Justin Moore can kind of be that point guard that you want, I mean, this team, I don't really see any flaws other than possibly that. You know, I do disagree with you on Justin Moore. I do think he's a point guard. He plays very similar to Colin Gillespie, except for bigger and stronger than Gillespie. But he's a... He's more, uh, he can create his own shot more than Gillespie did. Yeah, that's true. But I don't think that's a negative as far as – I don't think he's as a good of a passer as um, Gillespie was, and I don't think his handle's nearly as tight as Gillespie's was. I don't – you could look up his turnover stats, but, you know, Villanova well, offense – hard because last year was – last year he played point guard, but he was also coming off of a ruptured Achilles. So um, last year he turned the ball over one and a, 1.8 times a game. Let's see what our boy Colin did. Colin Gillespie, this is good. Turn the ball over. Colin Gillespie would turn the ball over 0.4 times a game. Uh, No, 1.7. So, yeah, pretty close. And Villanova offense, you know, it's not the most free-flowing offense. I'm not. Yet. Yet. Maybe Neptune will institute it. But, you know, it's not a hot take. It's a much more regimented offense. It moves slower, and they move the ball around. But there's much less, you know, dribble penetrations and, you know, screens well there's a lot of screens yeah um, uh, i think eric dixon is being slept on this year eric dixon had an incredible year last year i believe he's second all team big east last year um averaged 
uh, 15 points a game, six rebounds a game. Um, he shot 49% from the field, but he shot 37% from three, which is crazy. It was better than Justin Moore shot the year before when Justin Moore is healthy from three. So if Eric Dixon can kind of spread the floor, bring some of those big guys out like Cockburn or Klingon and um, who's he, Soriano out of the paint a little bit to give for those wings to crash and slash. I mean, this team could be special. Well, don't forget that's how Villanova beat Creighton down the stretch last year after they got healthy. Yeah, didn't it, Dixon give him like 35? Yeah, you put Dixon outside, Cockbrenner. I mean, the entire Creighton defense is centered around Cockbrenner being in the paint, and so now he's got to make a decision, and you either don't go guard him and he's going to splash. Splash. Or, or you go guard him and you let your guards get into the paint. Anyhow, that wasn't the point of this segment. But well, the point is talk about Villanova and bringing people out of the paint. I like that. I think that's what people want to hear. Um. Yeah, I'm really high on uh, Villanova. The only question is their coach for me, and that just leaves the worst drinker in the Big East. But one of the best coaches in the Big East. <laughs> and the reigning um, Big East regular season and tournament champions, your Marquette Golden Eagles. And talk about teams I'm excited to watch this year. I mean, we're blessed to get to watch Tyler Kolick play again. This kid is a wizard with the basketball. He makes some of the most exciting plays you see. And clutch. I mean, he had the two biggest shots of the season last year in the Big East. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think of one from UConn's national title ship run. But Jordan Hawkins hitting the three against Miami to put him up eight when they were at up five. Yeah, that could be it. Sure, we're not going to waste time talking about UConn's championship in the Marquette segment. Want to know what annoys me? We love Marquette and we loved them before they were everyone's darling. Now everybody's like Jeff Goodman's going to Tyler Kolick's house and interviewing him. TK, we loved you before. <laughs> Stevie hey. Mitchell, you were on with us before. Don't forget about us. No, we're happy for them that they get the they're getting the recognition they I deserve. have no happiness for them. Yeah, you guys just follow it. But they're great guys along with being great basketball players and that's always cool to see because uh you don't always get that. Yeah, so it's really awesome to have had the chance to speak with these guys before they were getting the national attention, and turns out that they're just really cool people. Yeah. And if I'm going to talk about, like, cohesiveness matters, listen to this starting lineup, Brian. Did Tyler Kolick play for Marquette last year? I believe so. What about Cam Jones? I can remember him. How about Stevie Mitchell? Yes, sir. Maybe David Joplin? Uh, six men of the year. And also Igudaro? Yeah. Yeah, so their starting five was all on the team last year. And, Ryan, let's name their three best players off the bench. Did Sean Jones play for them last year? Oh, he was electric. Chase Ross, maybe the best dunker in the Big East. And did Ben Gold put up some big minutes as a backup center? Especially down the stretch at the end. I mean, he kept getting better, Ben Gold. So you're telling me the best team in the Big East last year during the regular season and during the Big East tournament returned every single player except one. I love UConn. I love Creighton. I hate St. John's. I love Providence. It's... Marquette's to lose 100%. If anybody tells you differently, I do not I, – I can't fathom what they're saying. Yeah, I think the only question, and I hope TK doesn't hear this, but if he does put it out of the locker room, the only question is can TK repeat what he did last year as player of the year? Because prior to last year, he wasn't exactly the best player to ever walk the earth. You're calling him now the best player to walk the earth? We don't need him on that again. I'm just saying, We're doing fine uh, without Here's him. the question. Did he catch lightning in a bottle last year, or is it replicable? I'm not betting against him, but if you're if you're playing devil's advocate to the market. But, Ryan, what about the Michigan State game where he only averaged this and this and this? Broke his fucking hand. <laughs> <laughs> but, Ryan, what about, you know, uh, uh, yeah, no, they're – they're going to be electric this year um, again, and I think these three sophomores of Jones, Ross, and Ben Gold, like I'm talking about, like one of these players, it, like pushing for, 
like most improved player in the Big East this year. I think they have six man of the year again. Yes. As between one of the three Ross. of them. Yeah, well, I love Chase Ross. Chase Ross is absolutely electric, and he is going to come off the bench um, and just absolutely dunk on everybody who's ever walked. So do you agree Marquette is the best team in the Big East right now? Preseason? I haven't finalized my predictions. Do I don't tears. have to till the day before. But, yes, if I'm if I'm guessing right now, it's hard to think of anybody I have over Marquette. I think it's Marquette, Little Gap, UConn Creighton, Big Gap, Providence St. John's, Massive Gap. I don't hate that take. Uh, maybe Xavier. I just, sorry, Xavier fans. I have no idea what to do with you guys. You have one player that I've watched play consistent basketball. Yeah, just about. just Well, uh, Cam Craft coming off the bench. Yeah, but not, yeah. not much more than that. All right, so our goal now, in case you want to be lied to again, is we are going to try to be on weekly, bi-weekly, have some good conversations, um, especially as it gets closer. We can see excitement building. Yeah, we believe we have a couple guests lined up for the preseason, which we would love to get on. We do. We might. We'll see, you know, how things could fall through. We'll probably do an episode of preseason awards. We'll do some mailbags. It's almost college basketball time, and we are just as getting excited as you guys are, and we want to be part of it with you. Absolutely. And as always, thanks for pulling up a stool.